So Enbridge with a big win today in the Michigan Public Service Commission. They ruled that the relocation of Enbridge in the Line 5 pipeline should be under the Straits of Mackinac. Not on the lake bed, but underneath in the tunnel, which is what Enbridge has been trying to do for years. Until the Whitmer administration took over, it was done, it was planned, the green light had been given, everything was raring to go. But that had caught a snag when the Democrats took office, and there has been an effort to kill the project altogether. And and this isn't this isn't the um, end of this. There are still a couple of of other hurdles that still need to be cleared in order for this to to be again given the green light. Uh, Enbridge waiting on a federal review by the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers, which is expected to be completed uh, by 2026. So we're still um, a a number of years out from that as well. Uh, In the meantime, we talked very briefly at the start of the show. Uh, By the way, anything you miss, you can go back, listen uh, on uh, thegreatvoice.com. But we talked a little bit about the debate last night between... Ron DeSantis and Gavin Newsom. And I gave you some thoughts, particularly as it related to the the actual nuts and bolts. I thought it was run pretty well. I actually thought Sean Hannity did a nice job of not inserting himself into the debate, which is, can be difficult when you're somebody like Sean Hannity, who's very opinionated, very openly conservative. And so to have that type of stance... It can be difficult to not insert yourself or phrase things in certain ways, but I thought he did a pretty good job. And I thought, for the most part, both DeSantis and Newsom did a decent job. I don't I don't know exactly if there was a winner or a loser. I, I don't know. Maybe Aaron called it. He's the director of debate at the University of Michigan, and he joins us. Uh, Aaron, good to talk with you. Nice to be back. What did you make of the debate last night? Who, who was the big winner? <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if they're I'd say, a big winner, but I think um, I think Ron DeSantis probably benefited the most in the short term. Um, you know, he's the only one currently running for president. He's already had three of these debates. He's got another one coming up uh, Wednesday of next week. He really needs some momentum for his fledgling campaign. Uh, you know, Nikki Haley has kind of been the upstart and has benefited the most uh, from these debates in the, in the past few months. And so, so I think uh, probably help in the short term. I think he'll get some good media coverage out of it, maybe some donations. Um, and he'll be able to kind of use this experience at the debate next week and say that he stood toe to toe with, you know, formidable democratic governor of a, a major state and, um, and say, Hey, if I can do that to, to him, then, you know, give me the chance to be on a debate stage with uh, president Biden. So I can show you what I could do there. And so I think that it should be, um, you know, should be beneficial to him in the short term. But I think of what we've seen in the cycle in all the debates, um, they don't provide a huge kind of shift uh, in the overall race. And so I don't expect a, a major change, but uh, definitely didn't hurt himself last night. My, my thought going into this was this wasn't going to be apples to apples, right? When you've got a bunch of Republicans on stage, Maybe ones that were Red Delicious and Granny Smith and Macintosh, but they're all apples, right? Everybody's relatively talking about the same thing. This was going to be more apples to oranges. And so I I thought 
with the fact that Ron DeSantis was going to be the only Republican on the stage, he was going to be able to speak from a position of authority because nobody else was challenging him from his side of the aisle. Do you feel like that helped him, hurt him? Does that put him in a more favorable light, less favorable light among, amongst voters? Where where do you view that? No, I think it helped him. I mean, you know, we've kind of seen the, the stage shrink of these primary debates that started out with eight or nine candidates and then you know, down to six and then four. And, but kind of a one-on-one debate is always the most advantageous where kind of you get a lot of time and you don't have to worry about only kind of interjecting yourself every, every once in a while. And it's just much more difficult. So, you know, kind of the ideal is just going with a, another candidate. And yeah, it was a totally different experience. And these other debates with Republicans, um, they generally have the same ideology and philosophy. They may have some small nuance difference at the margins, but for the most part, they're kind of saying similar things and some of them even have similar backgrounds. And so it's a lot easier to contrast yourself. And last night, I think we saw you probably couldn't have, you know, two more diametrically opposed um, governors of of major states, different, um, you know, governing philosophies, visions for the future. And so kind of putting that stark contrast out, I think was, um, was, was favorable. And I think both candidates will be rewarded for kind of participating in this non-traditional format. And, um, you know, they certainly didn't have to do it. And we'll see what the ratings are. The ratings for the regular debates have been declining. But, you know, if it's a, if it's a huge number, then, uh, then it'll show that he got, you know, exposed to a, a very big audience. And that could be uh, helpful. But, um, you know, I think probably helped the, the political prospects of, of both of them for the, the long term. It definitely felt a little more like a spectacle to me than than a normal what what we've seen the last few GOP debates. I, I think when you settle into a to a party debate, you kind of know what you're expecting. This one was was billed as as a, you know almost like a, a heavyweight match between a couple of really powerful uh, influential governors uh, that that are happen to be on opposite sides of the aisle. There was a couple of times where Ron DeSantis pointed out that maybe Gavin Newsom is running some shadow campaign if if Joe Biden either changes his mind and and doesn't run again for a second term or is unable to run for some reason uh, for a second term. Do you feel like this is a, an, an advantageous way if that were to be the case that you would be able to get your name out there? Is that, is that, is that a, a good way for Gavin Newsom to do that? Do you think? Yeah. And I don't think it's for this, election i think you know when he kind of said that neither of us are likely to be the the candidate this time around i think that's probably correct and what most people think but you know this is really just kind of a proxy or shadow for the 2028 uh, election which Hmm. never too early to kind of start that um Mm -hmm. i think everyone's expecting another trump biden rematch and no matter who wins that they're both term limited in the future and so 2028 is going to be a free-for-all and everyone's going to run and so may as well start getting your name out there. I mean, obviously, he has, he's a known commodity in California, but nationally, and especially introducing yourself to a Fox News audience that, you know, maybe millions of people is beneficial. And we've seen him do other things kind of in the same regard. He was out in the Simi Valley debate in the spin room, uh, kind of talking up the, you know, the administration. And he was in Israel recently and was involved, um, you know, with the, the Chinese leader. And so he's doing a lot of things to try to check the boxes for someone that wants to run for president in the future. I don't think it'll be this time, but, you know, never say never. Um, but, um, you know, both both of the participants may already have their eye on a very competitive race that's coming up in 2028. Do you think this debate is changing the way that the Republican National Committee is looking at debates? Because there are reports 
that the RNC is considering changing the rules for presidential debates, at least on their side of the aisle. Uh, it, they would be able to participate in non-RNC-sanctioned debates. Is that something that uh, you think was spurred on by this type of event, or do you believe this was a, a change maybe in the works well before? Yeah, I think it was a change in the works. I mean, the, they, they, the RNC has been really getting pummeled by all sides. Um, you know, Donald Trump is one of them to stop the debates and kind of just have him be the prohibitive front runner, kind of given his status and in, in the polls. And other candidates were complaining. They were, you know, some of them wanted kind of do their own side debates, uh, Chris Christie and Vivek Ramaswamy. And then they kind of got slapped down by the RNC about that. And so they just kind of can't win. And also the process has just been really tough. There's only been three debates so far, this fourth one in Alabama, which is much less than the last cycle. The front runner hasn't participated in them. And so I think this move will kind of decrease some of the pressure um, uh, on the RNC chair that, that Trump has been doing. And it also will just give them the freedom to, to have if they want to do one-on-one -on -one debates. You know, maybe this makes it more likely that kind of Trump could come back in some kind of format. Um, but as we get into Iowa, New Hampshire, 2024, when voting starts, you're just going to see probably a lot more debates, a lot more made for um, television debates. But at least last night will give you an idea of what those could look like um, mm -hmm. with kind of different moderators and they're controlled by some of the different media networks. So um, I did see that report. And I think that it's just that's kind of been a long time coming. And we're also going to see uh, changes in the general election. You know, the Commission on Presidential Debates has been responsible for them for the last several decades. And they may not be part of the process in the general election debates because of uh, RNC, um, you know, disagreements with them. And so yeah. we're going to kind of go back to the more traditional format and we'll see how that changes from what we've been doing. Aaron Call with the University of Michigan. Thanks so much. Appreciate your time as always. Talk again soon. Anytime. Take care. Yeah, you got it. Uh, we got to take a break. Uh, speaking of Republicans and the nonsense involving George Santos, uh, a move has been made on him. We'll talk about that next on JR Afternoon.